0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. I'm very excited about our, our uh, conversation today, Nikki Kinzer. I'm very excited because we have a returned guest, dare I say, friend of the show, uh, joining us to talk about a very special uh, event. Uh, we're going to be talking about women and ADHD, and uh, oh, it's the ADHD Women's Palooza time. Yay! Yay! It's, it's really great. Our guest, uh, Linda Ruggley, is back. She's an award-winning author and founder of the AD Diva Network, supporting women who are 40 and better. And now that I'm significantly 40 and better... <laughs> I feel like I need to <laughs> say that. I need to shout that out loud. Uh, she's also one of the founders of the ADHD Women's Palooza, an online conversation with the world's top ADHD women experts that attracts thousands of women worldwide. She's a certified ADHD coach and opens the door to transformation for ADHD women through private groups and coaching and women's retreats. And she is the perfect guest for us today. Linda, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm so glad I'm the perfect guest cuz you know I'm the only guest. But no, that's like saying I'm your <laughs> the list favorite is long and distinguished.
0: The- Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Catch us up. Catch us up on uh, on uh, women in ADHD. Shall we start there before we talk about the palooza? Is that a good way to do this? Okay,
2: I think that's a wonderful way to do that.
0: Let's Perfect. start there. Why don't you Why don't you catch us up on? Uh, you are, are constantly working and researching uh, women in ADHD. What are, What are you learning uh, from where we were this time last year?
2: I have to tell you that just this morning I was on the phone with a woman I met at the APSARD conference, which is a very strange acronym for the people who are professionals, like the PhDs and the PsyDs and the psychologists and all that kind of stuff, and the, and the MDs who are doing the cutting edge research, cutting edge research in ADHD. And of course, it's not just about women, but I happen to sit down next to her. There are no coincidences, and she's a board member, and she is doing amazing research about women and hormones and women and sleep with ADHD and that all those connections. And I just was on the phone with her today. She is in uh, benevolence. She, is from, she lives in The Hague, and, and, and her clinic is in The Hague. Um, and we just had an amazing conversation about the fact that I think we all know that horm... Well, no, no, I shouldn't say that. Let's not assume anything here. Estrogen and ADHD have a huge component in common, and that is neurotransmitters and dopamine. So when your estrogen goes down, which it does right before your period... Um, right after you give birth and during menopause or paramenopause, um, your ADHD gets worse because estrogen kind of acts as a conduit, if you will. Um, It's a helper, if you will, a helper hormone for those neurotransmitters, especially dopamine. And what this woman did, her name is Sandra Coy, and I have invited her as a last-minute speaker on the Palooza, since we're going to talk about the Palooza later, because what she has to say is so important. Um, so she actually talked to women in the Netherlands, and I think she actually presented this in Paris, as a matter of fact, about what do you want to know about ADHD so she can guide her research. And what they wanted to know was, why am I so moody right before my periods? Why does my ADHD get worse right before my periods or, you know, right after I've given childbirth? But especially at menopause, which is when a lot of women are diagnosed because your hormones kind of go crazy and the estrogen kind of creeps down and down and down in, in segments, if you will. And suddenly it's kind of essentially gone, not completely, but, um, and and all of a sudden our ADHD is like, Oh my God, my brain go. I can't put two words together and form a sentence. And that was kind of how it was for me. Um, so what Sandra says, or Dr. Coy says, is that hormones play a huge difference. And she is actually creating a worldwide research project. And she's trying to get funding for it. And I'm not supposed to tell you the name of the funding thing because the English site's not up. But in case you happen to be in, be Dutch, the Dutch <laughs> site is up. It's it's ADHDfund, F-U-N-D dot com. And you can donate so that we can actually have this research. She pitched it to the the government, the Dutch government, and they turned her down because they're interested in other things right now. Their focus is other things. Our focus, however, is this very thing. So what she, what she says is that, uh, so she gave me lots of statistics, and you can hear more about those on the Palooza because we're recording a session and we're going to be with her because we have to pre-record that one because it's such different time zones. Um So what she said is that there are three things that we can do about it, because that's what I was interested in. How Mm -hmm. do we fix this, right? Mm -hmm. She said, number one is that antidepressants actually help. So sometimes she will actually give women antidepressants just for two weeks. And if you know anything about taking antidepressants, which you do, if you've ever been depressed and you've been on medication, most antidepressants supposedly take two weeks to kick in, right? At least. She's, At least. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. She says that in this context, just for mood, uh, just for that little boost in mood, an SSRI or in another antidepressant can actually take effect fairly quickly. So she will put a, uh, one of her clients or patients on it for just two weeks. So, number one, more you can take antidepressants. Number two, you can actually also increase, if, if ADHD symptoms are the issue and not mood regulation, you can actually increase the dose of your medication. So, increasing the stimulant medication just a little bit may help. So, my point is, is that if you have ADHD... And if you are still having periods, you may be having this monthly kind of dip in in estrogen and increase in ADHD symptoms. And if you are over 40 and better, as I like to call them, and sometimes even even a little before 40, because what they call perimenopause, para meaning premenopause, if you will, um, you may even start perimenopause as early as in your mid-30s. And of course, if you've had a hysterectomy, you go into menopause instantly. Especially if you know if they've your ovaries and all that kind of stuff. So, the most obvious suggestion is to add some estrogen into your life, right? Add some estrogen back into your life. And there are many women, particularly those who have had um, hysterectomies that have had something to do with hormone and estrogen related issues, aren't allowed to take that. So that's why those other two suggestions are wonderful for them. But. If, like me, and believe me, I'm not a doctor, and this is only my anecdotal information, um, I started, after much discussion with my doctor, I did start um, taking estrogen, using estrogen, just a little patch, not a pill, but a patch, um, and that actually smoothed that out. So she actually, um, Dr. Coy, also suggests using um, birth control pills. So if you are still, I mean, obviously not if you want to get pregnant, of course, but if you are in still in childbearing years and still having periods, regular periods, that's an option. My doctor put me on low-dose birth control pills, even though I wasn't really worried about birth control at that point necessarily. But I guess I should always be worth, worried about that. If you're having sex, you need to be worried about that. But nonetheless, <laughs> this is going to be a fascinating conversation on replay, right? <laughs> Fascinating. Hey, we ought to jump into the intimacy too. That's so right. bottom line, bottom line is that there is, est- they don't call it estrogen replacement. They call it HT hormone therapy this day, these days. Mm. So um it's not for everybody, but keep in mind, it's that's not the only piece that you can work on here. It's hormones, estrogen in particular, it's antidepressants, and it's also potentially increasing your stimulant medication. So is that enough of an entree
1: and talk? I have a question just to clarify something real sure. quick. So when you're saying two weeks for the antidepressant and then actually also increasing the dose of the medication, is that just every month at the same time you're doing that? So you're not consistently on the antidepressant. You're on it for two weeks. You get off of it and then you go back on it in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks.
2: Okay. Yeah. And that's right. and that's and so so there's two answers to that question: yes and no. Okay. Okay. So the yes, the yes answer is that um, what Sandra did, what Dr. Coy did, was put women on that antidepressant essentially two weeks before your period starts. So it's basically the last, like the four, fourteen through twenty-eight day period of your cycle. And when you're when bleeding starts, which is officially the first day of your cycle, um, when bleeding starts right before bleeding, that's when estrogen just is gone both progesterone and estrogen just go plummet right down. And then immediately, almost immediately afterward, they start rebuilding again. Because remember, this is a pretty short cycle. I mean, it's one month. So you got to build up pretty quickly again. So mid-cycle, estrogen's really high. And that's a great time to, you know, take a test and, and you know, take on some new projects and that kind of stuff. Right before your period, not so much. So what she did was put women on antidepressants those two weeks before, and it made a difference. And then what she found out was that the women said, I need them the next two weeks too. She said they didn't realize just how depressed they were until they went on antidepressants for a short period of time. So the answer is yes, you can use it for just those two weeks. And no, you can use it the entire, well, maybe it's two yeses. Yes, yes. You can double that so that you actually take it the entire month, which means that you're going to be on antidepressants. And she said that there is a 60% higher incidence of um, depression in women than there are in men with ADHD. I believe that. So lots of Lots of really important stuff. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing, and the same kind of thing applies to stimulants. But remember that most stimulants, at least the ones we are using in the United States, um, are short. They, they go in and out of your system pretty quickly. So if you can take stimulants for two or three days, or maybe you can ex- you can work with your doctor to experiment about exactly when the optimal time for you to start taking extra stimulants, is, and then stop taking them. And there's, it's not like an antidepressant where it might kind of taper off gradually. Remember, too, that, again, I'm not a doctor. I just had lots of anecdotal information about this. Antidepressants can, are, are more often based on your body weight and your age and all those kind of other factors, where stimulants are not. Stimulants are based on your metabolism and how fast that stuff comes in and out of your system. So that you could be as a skinny as olive oil, you know, the cartoon character Olive Oil, mm-hmm. and be taking a huge amount of of stimulant, where you could be somebody that's huge and not t- and just take a tiny, teeny little bit, depending on your depending on your metabolism. And I don't mean to imply that huge is a bad thing. Don't please don't hear that as a derogatory comment. But all I'm saying is that it's it's not equal as it is right. with other medications. All right, cool.
1: Wow! What great research. Now, what about this—the sleep part? Because you mentioned sleep.
2: Yeah, and I have to tell you that she is. She's—that's a whole presentation all by oh, itself sure. for her. For her, but um, I think we all know that ADHD folks suffer from, or maybe don't suffer from it. We actually just endure late nights, right? Late nights because a lot of us are night owls. Um, so what she said is that that actually is part and parcel of ADHD. And she also said that there is some, her, her research heretofore has been primarily on sleep. So she's been working on this for eight years, which has been pretty, pretty cool. And what got her started uh, realizing this is that there's evidence, not in the ADHD world, but there's evidence in the other research world that lack of sleep and chronic lack of sleep, which is what we often have, is related to cancer. Mm. It can be a risk factor for cancer, as well as many, many, many other things that are, that are, they're not healthy, right? So we know that not getting enough sleep is not healthy, and I think that a lot of us are chronically sleep deprived, not just with ADHD, but in part because we got the internet keeping us up to all hours. We don't have to look for entertainment. You remember in the old days when you were watching TV and that little thing would come on, it would go, Boo! and it was annoying. <laughs> yeah. And you'd want to turn the TV off immediately, right?
0: That was to make you so, go to bed.
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? right. That, that and shuts so, you down. Exactly. And when do we have that on the internet? Never. Never. So, so she says that there, um, there's still lots of, in, lots of research to be done, as there always is. At the end of every single research study I've ever read, at the last sentence is, much more research must be done to blah, 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 blah. So what we know right now is that, um, it, that sleep in itself, she says, may actually be a cause of ADHD. Now that's pretty that's pretty controversial and pretty inflammatory information, and yet she has a lot of research to back that up. And I unfortunately am not going to be able to give that to you. You can catch it on the on the palooza. She's yeah. going to actually give that research on the palooza. But so she says that I, I don't understand. This is her. These are her words. I don't understand why doctors are not treating ADHD using melatonin, because melatonin is the thing that we we. Melatonin kind of is part of that circadian rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. That circadian cycle, if you will. So it wakes us up. But she says it's also related to when we get when we get hungry. It's also related to our energy levels. It's also it, it it's kind of this little tributary with all these little fingers in all directions. And I know that when I went to Europe uh, many years ago, um, melatonin was considered not a controlled substance, but it was not dispensed at your local pharmacy over the counter. You had to have a prescription for melatonin. So I had to have a special bottle with my melatonin that said that I was okay to take it because they could have confiscated it if I didn't have a prescription. Interesting. yeah, isn't that cool? Uh, well, whatever. Cool. It is. is it <laughs> cool? <laughs> is it cool? I'm trucking controlled substances across. Europe. Yeah, exactly. Baby, how about that? <laughs> exactly. Right. And I'm sleeping well, right? Yeah. So yeah. what? So what she's saying? Melatonin is that is that little um, in the back of your retina. When light hits you, the back of your retina that wakes up or turns down the melatonin. So what she's saying, we may be able to treat ADHD using light therapy because she said it's also been proven and I didn't even know this until just literally three hours ago when I thought I was supposed to be talking to you and I had the wrong time zone she says that um, ADHD and sad which is seasonal affective disorder which is kind of what she calls the winter depression you know it's when you when when the light is less bright in the winter time than it is in the summer She says that that's a real typical ADHD thing. So because it activates melatonin, if you turn that light on in the right, in the right, um, spectrum of light in the mornings, it actually can help begin to regulate your sleep patterns and therefore perhaps begin to regulate your ADHD and perhaps begin to help with obesity. Because she says, if you don't get enough sleep, when you, your, your body needs energy, your brain says, I need energy. And what do people turn to? They can't take a nap. They need an app, but they can't take it because they're in the middle of a workday. So they go out and have some high carb stuff, and that's all related. Bringing this all back together, it's all related to dopamine, and dopamine is that neurotransmitter in our little brains that says, "Oh, let's go jump off of a roof," or something, you know, or let's just work up to the very last minute of that deadline. It's part of the reward system of our brain, and that, um, you know, used to be all three: dopamine, norepinephrine, and it's dopamine, but more and more, I'm hearing more about the importance of dopamine. It's kind of rising up to the ADHD top of the heap in terms of neurotransmitter importance.
0: That's it. It really is amazing. It totally checks out. I uh, when I was really struggling with my health a couple of years ago, uh, you know, that was one of the very first things that my physician did was to check sleep. Like, how are you sleeping? It's because, as you say, it was related directly to weight gain. It was related directly to energy, and and it, as a result, you know, they put me on uh, you know. Meditation. And some other things, some other things. Probably, I I couldn't truck across Europe. But uh, (laughs) you know, as a result of getting that evened out, uh, boy, as I think back to it, that uh, those are some of my most productive days. And soon as I Mm -hmm. figure out sleep, when I lose track of sleep it becomes disastrous even when i think i'm i'm you know sleeping okay i actually went so far and i you know i don't mean to nerd out with this sort of uh, you know a, a nerd thing but i i went so far as you know i've got the apple watch and there's a new app uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a it's a kind of a sleep <laughs> tracking thing and it's it tracks your heart and all your movement all night long yep. and it gives me this wonderful little uh, uh little graph it says how recharged you are after last night and you You can see I had a horrible night last night. All the purple is when I was sleeping. I was awake, like straight up awake for about two hours in the middle of the night. I am out of control of my sleep. And I can see my little batteries here uh, that that I am only about 70 percent charged for the day. And that that (laughs) metaphor suddenly makes
2: sense, Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I do the same thing, and and one of the reasons I I had Apple Watch one and it didn't track your sleep. It wouldn't track my sleep, so that's why I got rid of it. And I got a Fitbit, which does track my sleep. And someone said well, it was not very accurate, but I think it is actually is pretty accurate. And I thought for sure I was getting seven seven and a half hours of sleep a night. And guess what? I was not. And there are those many, many times when I thought, oh, just every once in a while, I'll only get three or four hours of sleep. And then I read something just in the last week or so that says you can't make that sleep up. So once you lose those hours of sleep, you can't go back it's there. So I I hate that for myself, because I think of all the hours that I pulled all-nighters way back in college. And she says, that's the other thing Dr. Coy says, is that this started in childhood. So remember, we've had chronic sleep loss for a lifetime. No matter how old you are, it's been a lifetime. So it's it's and it takes a lot of
0: work to. It takes so much work to train yourself to sleep again. It is a real thing. You can't do it with some sleepy time tea over a couple of nights. You really have to work to sleep better. Well, especially
1: Um, once you throw in the anxiety part of it. Oh yeah, because that's that's going to keep you up. Yeah. Well, and
0: and I you know I find that um, you know speaking of accuracy, it's accurate. Mine is accurate to how I feel. And when I look at it in the morning and I see those big blocks, I'm like, oh that checks out that's about how I'm feeling this morning i'm I am not hundred percent myself and so you know I, I, I actually uh, I, I really swear by it it's a lot of fun to it's a lot of fun to have the, the data but it's it's uh, actually even better to learn something new about myself absolutely
1: I have the the Fitbit. To Linda, and just got it like a week ago. But I tr like I didn't trick it. But I thought I'm going to test this, like I'm going to see how accurate it is. And so I, I would watch the time, like okay, about what time I went to bed, and if I woke up in the middle of the night, about what time I woke up. And I'm telling you, it was right, right on target. And last night, Pete, if it makes you feel any better, I was up for two hours too.
0: <laughs> and, and we were not talking to one another. No. <laughs> there was no podcasting going on in the middle of the night. It was no. just straight up awake and anxiety. And,
1: and last night was definitely the the worst night of sleep that I've had all week. So, well, isn't that
0: yeah. great that you wake up and and uh, have to podcast? I know and we have Linda, <laughs> we have Linda <laughs> to remind us to put a fine point on just how horrible our sleep is.
2: Okay, then <laughs> thanks, well, Linda. Yeah, and we so, can make it up over the weekend. No, that's the thing is I kept thinking, well, I'll just sleep longer tomorrow. Didn't work that way. Did not no. work that way. And she also, Dr. Coy also says something that is um a little different than what I normally hear from doctors with ADHD who's, who prescribe. She says that stimulants actually do affect sleep. And I hear that anecdotally from so many people. Well, I started taking it and I can't get to sleep at night. Um, and then there are other doctors who say, well, that's because, Dr. But Bill Dodson, as a matter of fact, says, We don't have ADHD brains just when we're awake. We have ADHD brains 24 hours a day. So I was questioning sometimes I'll drink caffeine at night and I can go right to sleep, baby. It doesn't keep me up at all. Well, then I, but when I do drink caffeine, I'll wake up four hours later. And I talked to him about that and I said, why is that? Because you have stopped medicating your ADHD. The medication, your caffeine, wore off, so your brain is waking back up again. And it didn't occur to me. Interesting. Yeah. It didn't occur to me that, I mean, I don't usually. Take caffeine to self-medicate, but maybe I do. Who knows? But I, I didn't realize. Oh, so and I've and I've tried it. When I don't have caffeine, I don't wake up those four hours. I usually wake up at four thirty in the morning, but that doesn't necessarily mean four hours after I go to sleep. So fascinating kind of stuff. And and the thing is, we just don't know all this stuff yet. We don't. We don't know. Okay, here's here's your exact the way you you function. Therefore, you should do this. There's not a direct line yet yet
0: i just have to throw one thing in there on this on this sleep thing uh uh, related to caffeine because a that's super depressing uh (laughs) i had never put that together that it's not that like and i hear this all the time oh caffeine doesn't affect me but you know what it does and as soon as you start looking at the little graph it, it reminds you that caffeine might not impact you going to sleep but it absolutely impacts you your quality of sleep and the length of deep sleep that you actually get and oh my goodness i've got to Stop! I've got to stop.
1: <laughs> I don't have ADHD, so I'm not on ADHD medication. But my question to you is: Okay, so if the stimulants are affecting your sleep, is it part of a man, like a, a management plan then to also at night take some kind of sleep or sleep helpful sleep thing yeah, like a sleeping like a sleeping pill? Yeah, like a sleeping aid. Yeah, is that part of no, well, I'm not even thinking melatonin. Like I'm, I know a lot of people will take like Ambien and things like that. I don't know. Is that part of what a doctor would
2: do with someone with ADHD, or is that something they completely stay away from? Oh no, they. Have, there are so many people who have been on Ambien far longer than is medically recommended. I mean, I have a friend who's been on on Ambien for years, and it's supposed to be a short-term kind of thing, right? Um, And the problem with, I I was stunned when I found this out. When I was researching um, taking sleeping pills, what I found is that they don't necessarily give you a better night's sleep, but what they all have in them, almost all, of not melatonin, and I, you know, maybe I shouldn't make blanket statements, all the ones that I know about have included in them an amnesiac so that you wake up and you don't remember whether you slept well or whether you didn't sleep well. And that to me is incredibly frightening. That just scares the hell out of me. So the truth is, is that some doctors and, and Dr. Dodson may fall into this category, but certainly Dr. Ned Hallowell talked about this, is that some people need a stimulant right before they go to bed or within an hour of when they go to bed to help them calm their brain down so they can focus enough to sleep, which is completely antithetical to some some other people being woken up by stimulants or not being able to sleep. So. Keep in mind, remember the one, the statistic that I heard is, which is far higher than I'd heard before. If you take every single, um, descriptor from the DSM-5 and you match them in every combination and permutation, you have 116,000 potential types of ADHD. That's before, wow. <laughs> before you add in culture, gender, age, Background, family history, all of the other things that are going, or, or even current anxiety-ridden things like maybe you're going through a divorce, or maybe you're changing ch- any of those kind of things. That's before you add all those things in. So it really does it does ring true for that psychologist up in I think he he in New York City who said if you've met one person with ADHD, you've met one person with ADHD, which means that we are so different that mm-hmm. each one of these each one of these recommendations may work for. 56,000 of those people, but might not work for you or they might work for three people and not, and would work for 20,000 of people.
1: I just have to say, this is off of medication, but I have a friend who thinks that her son might have ADHD and she was asking me for ideas or you know just thoughts. And I went back to her with a bunch of questions and I was like, answer these questions for me first and then I'll talk to you. And I know I kind of probably bombarded her, but it, it's just like you said, with you know, aside from medication, it's also just working strategies. It's like until I know how this affects him and what the relationship is with his teachers and, and all of that. It's like, it's hard to answer. You can't just give a blanket black
2: and white statement it try this and this will work. I mean, it just, you just don't know. And it's especially hard because ADHD folks are impatient. They want it to be fixed now. And for us, it takes even longer, perhaps, than it does for other people to fine-tune that perfect combination. And then for women, let's go back to hormones again, we could have that perfect combination. Estrogen declines, and then it's not the perfect combination again. So now we have to figure out what to do when the estrogen declines. And that's different, remember, from when you're having normal periods to after pregnancy estrogen drops after you stop nursing and after you, so you, you got really high estrogen during pregnancy and then it goes, wow, cause it's so high, it, it plummets dramatically. So how you deal with that, cause that's usually a, only, you know, once or every two or three times in each lifetime. But then um, all of us who have had regular periods eventually end up in some kind of menopause, whether it's an early artificial menopause, but more likely a natural menopause, which can take 10 years to figure. And then you're, then you're bouncing all over the place. Kind of like there's a, there's a, um, a, a distinction or a similar a parallel between the estrogen ups and downs that we have at menopause as to the ones that we have in adolescence when we're just beginning to start up here just coming into puberty but the difference is is that at adolescence we're working our way up to estrogen levels and at menopause we're working our way down so it's kind of this big bell curve I guess which is so popular among graph makers yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but, Linda, why don't you kick us off and fill us in on the ADHD Women's Palooza this year. Uh, what do we have to look forward to? Uh, what's changed? What are you excited about?
2: Well, first of all, one of the things, thank you for that. I really love talking about the Palooza because, honestly, it. I got an email from somebody last week who had been to both Paloozas because this is our third year. We started in 2016. Um, she said, I have learned more from the last two Paloozas than I have learned from anywhere, anything else on the Internet. And from my doctor's office. And I think the reason for that, it's not that the information isn't there. It's just that here it's all compressed into one tidy little package. And the the thing is that it's not, people have said, well, I came to last year. I don't need to come to this year. The deal is that 2016 and 2017, there was no duplication at all on those sessions. And this year, we're going to have a little bit of duplication, but we have new information. So it's a it may be the same topic, but it may not be the same take on the same topic topic especially since I have different experts talking about it. Like two years ago, Dr. Bill Dodson talked about sleep. This year, we're having somebody else talk about sleep. And of course, Dr. Coy is going to also talk about sleep as well. The, the similarity is that this is all amazing information geared toward women with ADHD. And to me, it's almost an online encyclopedia of information about women's ADHD, because we get new New research happens every single year, so that's one of the of the amazing differences and similarities. Is it's amazing information we get it, and and most importantly, we get the very top people here, like Nikki Kenzer, of course, and <laughs> like Linda Rodley, uh. of course, but also but also people that you but whose names with whom you're familiar, like uh, you know, Sari Solden and Dr. Ned Hallowell, and and I mentioned Dr. Bill Dodson. We'll have Dr. Coy as one of our speakers, but Dr. Um, Tony Rostein, who works wonderfully. With women, he's a, a psychiatrist at UPenn. He works amazingly with with women with ADHD and many, many others. Who's you know, Dr. Tom Brown? We these people are willing to donate their time because they want this information out there, and that's why the Palooza again is absolutely free to anyone who can jump in there we have lots and lots of sessions so i know you can't attend all of them live so therefore that's why we have the replay so you can get the replay for 24 hours and of course i had to put the little plug in because if you want those replays forever um and if you don't have time to listen to them all in one week because there's 33 of them guys 33 is a lot to listen to and they're an hour long this year Um, buy the encore package it's very inexpensive half price through the end of the palooza And the other piece that I love that we're repeating again this year is the pink ticket. I call it the pink ticket affair. Some people call it the pink ticket party, but it's when all of you out there can join me live in an interactive session because you can't ask questions in the Palooza because we're kind of in this little cubicle of, you know, time and space, if you will. But at the, at the pink ticket affair, Everybody calls in and you can ask some of our experts stop by. You can ask questions of me and all the experts. And the cool thing is, is that we take time to divide everybody into small groups and we divide them into phone groups so that you can talk to each other. And as far that as is I'm con- so cool, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's just as important for women to talk to each other because that that does something Remarkable for people. I mean, to me, the best thing is being in a support group or going to a, an in person conference so you can sit and look into somebody's eyes and they get it. You know, you don't have to wear your facade. You don't have to, you can take off the makeup and take off the mask. But the bet, next best thing is to at least talk to somebody else who gets it and isn't going to giggle if you stumble and fall or if you forget somebody's name and all that kind of stuff. So women need that validation because so many women operate in isolation with their ADHD and they think, I'm the only one because that's what they hear. They hear it from their families. They hear it from their co-workers. It's like there she goes again with the rolling of the eyes, or worse, getting fired, or worse, getting divorced, or any of those mm-hmm. other things that happen. Not that they don't happen to non-ADHD folks, but they tend to happen more to us. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the tragedy that I heard at the APSARD conference a week or so ago, um, that, that there really truly is, a, there truly are a lot of things about ADHD that are, that it's pathology. I mean, it's the bad news about ADHD. And I created the Diva network to kind of counteract that while knowing that we need that serious tack on ADHD so that people take it seriously, so that insurance companies cover the, the things, the treatment that we need and the medications that we need. So I don't at all say that that's a bad thing. It's just that it's very disheartening. And what came very clear to me is that ADHD is, I mean, we all know this, but I just want to say it again so you really you really get it, and that's ADHD is not your fault. ADHD is not something that you wake up in the morning and say, gosh, I think I'm going to screw up today, or I'm just going to be lazy today, or I'm just, not, I'm just going to ignore that stuff. That I'm just going to forget that I was supposed to do that. It's genetic, and it is brain-based. It doesn't have anything to do with your willpower. And if you continue to say, I think I'll just try harder. It won't work. Strategies, kind of like what we were talking about with the melatonin, mm-hmm. with the with hormone stuff, with no, even just knowing that sleep issues are an issue for ADHD makes a huge difference. So that's yeah. what the, that's what the Palooza is really all about. It's about raising awareness. And I can't tell you again, like that woman who, who emailed me said, this information is out there, but it's in bits and pieces and dribs and drabs. This is squeezed all together. So you get it all at once. And I'm, I'm afraid it's kind of like standing in front of the fire hose. You know, it's kind of like, uh, so much information, right? But that's what the replays are for, right? That's what right. the replays are for. And I just wanted to mention one thing that's very different this year is that Terry Matlin and I founded the ADHD Women's Palooza in 2016. Terry is not co-hosting with me this year. She's got some exciting things happening in her own family during the Palooza. So we're happy about that for her. It's not bad. It's good. Um, so we're, so it's, I'm I'm hosting by myself this year, but that doesn't mean Terry's not an integral part of this. In fact, she's one of our in most inspiring guests, she's talking about hypersensitivity. So everything that we talk about is pretty interesting. And um, there's a, there's a special um, session, a special session on stigma. And ADHD and other mental illnesses, and it's keying off of a new book by Dr. Stephen Hinshaw. He's written a book called Another Kind of Madness, and I just finished that book. And he's going to talk about that and his own personal familial issues with that, because his dad was diagnosed with schizophrenia, was um, actually bipolar, was at horrible mental institutions that you only read horror stories about. And he shares that stuff. And I think he's going to talk about that in the Palooza as well. So some amazing, amazing information.
1: Well, and I have to say, Linda, I had um, probably at least two or three people last year that were current clients at the time join the Palooza and they came back and they were like, I want to share this with you. And I want to tell you that this is what I learned and da da da, and, and, and then of course, which was nice, you know, you did a great job, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so nice to hear um, how much they were getting out of it. So absolutely. I know for my own clientele too, they they absolutely love it. One more thing before we wrap up that I want to say about Terry is I watched her or I watched her speak. Um, at the chad conference and uh, it was about organization and women and guilt and all of these kind of things that we all feel and uh, one of the things that she said that so much resonated with me is when we hire a housekeeper or a meal service or something like that this is not a luxury this is an accommodation that you are making to make your life easier and and to and to work with your ADHD and i just i mean it still gives me chills even to repeat That it's like it's an accommodation, it's not, it's nothing for you to feel guilty about or feel like you don't deserve it. Right. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to put that little plug in there for
2: her. Thank you. And I'm glad you said that because I, there was a point in my life when I just, I couldn't get everything done and I was so frustrated and I would wake up every day thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. And then 15 other things would come in my brain and I didn't know which one of them to do first because they were all important, blah, blah, blah. And I finally just wrote down a list of all the things that I had to do. And then I wrote down a list of things only I could do. And gradually, I began to outsource all the things that I didn't. Pr- I, nobody else can be my my Victor's wife except me. No one else is going to snuggle in bed. No one can write my books except me. No one can do you know my coaching. Blah blah blah. But the, all those other things, laundry, I. Other people can do laundry, you know that? And so I felt really guilty because I actually found somebody who does my laundry and people are like, Oh, you can't even you're not even enough of a woman that you can't even do your own laundry. Well oh, guess what? Good
0: grief.
2: Guess what? <laughs> I like having my sheets washed <laughs> by someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they might not happen. So. That's right. yeah. Clean is good. <laughs> clean is good. More more often than I was g- getting them clean. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for mentioning that. I appreciate that. Terry is full uh, of wisdom. It's full great. of wisdom.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing the the information about the Palooza. We'll have all of the information, right, Pete, on how to sign up on our website in the show notes. We have,
0: and I've been I have been doing a, uh, a a little tour of the website in the live stream, so uh, you. should should, it should look very familiar when you get there at ADHDpalooza.com. You can subscribe for the uh, to get the Encore package or the pink ticket right there, and we'll have the links in the show notes. Perfect. absolutely that's great, great. Yeah.
1: and thank we're you. gonna have linda come back next week right yes uh, ma'am
2: i do lots of answers to your questions hopefully yes. i have answers hopefully <laughs> that's right
0: we have oh, you we will. have our q a it's coming up uh, uh next week and uh, we can't wait for that because we did we got some great uh, listener questions that we want to to share and get linda's uh, take on so until then uh, uh, uh thank you so much linda rogley we sure appreciate your time today yeah. uh, we and appreciate F. you On behalf of the great Linda Rugley and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.